0: So welcome back to another episode of Thrive. Today we're going to talk about the trust mindset for agency leaders. and My guest is Jay Tinkler. He's a sales strategy and consultant for digital and branding agencies, and he's based over in Brisbane, Australia. In addition to owning his own digital agency for about the last 10 years, Jay helps leaders to really understand how trust impacts their business. So naturally, I had to connect with him after we actually connected on Instagram of all places. So it's great to see you again, Jay. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. That's awesome. So good.
0: Um, and, and I just want to say at, at the top of the show here that for those of you who are watching or listening and you don't think that you can form real authentic relationships uh, off of something like Instagram or other social media channels, this show is absolutely proof that uh, that's not true. We are I, proof. We, we are proof, proof because uh, <laughs> I, I had seen a couple of things. I don't know if I followed a hashtag that you used or whatever it was, but I had seen a couple of things that you had been posting and I found myself sort of nodding my head. And I'm like, wow, this guy gets it. I've, there's, there's definitely some synergy here. Let me just follow him. Let me kind of see what he's all about. And every single time I saw something, I was like, okay, alignment, alignment. And uh, then we yeah. reached out and now here you are.
1: Yeah. And I, I know a previous chat that we've had as well, I'm, I, I was doing the same thing with you. I'm just going,
0: yes, yes, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we killed it in conversation. Yeah.
0: So, so I'm really excited to talk with you today. I want to start out with um, this, this sort of reality that service-based businesses, they need to escape this feast or famine you know, situation that they're in associated with pipeline. And uh, yeah, I know that that's something that you work with them a lot on, uh, the agencies themselves, especially in Australia. And I want to know what led you to figuring out what that underlying factor was in helping them to change that feast or famine uh, pipeline issue.
1: Well, listen, listen, to to begin with, I think it's inherent in our industry. I think it um, is something that sort of has driven, um, you know, being a a project-based business initially for me and coming in um, as really probably the difference for me coming into to my business is I started off as a salesperson, right? So a lot of um, coders that come into or designers that say, you know what, I, I'm going to create my own business, create my own agency here. I came in as a solution-focused salesperson and I was looking at our, at the business model originally and I'm saying, okay, well, to actually drive that um, uh, if the, the business long term and to have a consistent income coming in it, it needs to um you need to eliminate that dip you need to eliminate and get and flatten out that sales not only from a we, we talk you talked about mindset a minute ago and you know uh, even under the heading of a scarcity versus a abundance kind of mindset you know like it, it um the beautiful thing, I was with a, 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 a company today and the beautiful thing about being able to step into an abundance, which is where we're at when things were in the zone, we're in flow and we're actually um, being incredibly abundant and, and uh, present with our clients and we're able to, um, I guess, um, nail a solution for them every time is the fact that more people buy offices by, in nature anyway. In that mindset. So right. it's not only the obvious of, hey, we need to cash flow wise flatten out this feast and famine um, set, but it, in the famine dip, we have this scarcity mindset that we step into, which is detrimental, that can be a slippery slope for us as an agency, too.
0: And you did uh, some, some stand-up comedy a while back, and you sort of entered into this stream of consciousness, right, we'll call it. Um, how, how did that lead you to sort of teaching people that trust is earned in relationships? Because I think this is fascinating.
1: Yeah, well, listen, there's probably a bit of a backstory, too, on that is the fact that um, I've been a salesperson right from day one right, and um, one of the things that was uh, stand up comedy was a, a great thing so it was a it was really um, addressing a fear of mine which was um, and most people probably getting up in front of um you know hundreds of people and actually and telling your own jokes and seeing whether they they land um but one of the the lessons that they teach you in stand up comedy is the fact that you do a thing called stream of consciousness which is about getting all of the information in your head out of your head and add down on paper and what that allows you to do is actually understand what um You know, it's a really good way to understand your why, understand where where you want to be authentic, where you're going to go, how you're going to show up, and so what came out of that was really, as humans, as individuals, um, we do this trust thing so well. As friends, we do this trust thing so well. As as family members, as um, we step into this. arena and do this trust thing so well by default but the moment we put on our work clothes and step in through the work door for whatever reason we um, uh, start to put on this facade that everything's okay um, that we don't necessarily need to be vulnerable we don't necessarily need to seek out shared value with other people And so that stream of consciousness piece that came out of the stand-up comedy was really just identifying for me that I want to show people and demonstrate to people that um, amazing things come from trusted relationships. And if we can learn how to have more trustworthy relationships, that together we can create amazing things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting the way that you just frame that uh, when we do put on our work clothes, it's almost like, you know, we are automatically distrusting of the prospects that we're going after. Um, we, they're distrusting of us because they think that we're just there to sell them things. Right. It's like, like you said, we just take this, uh, this trust that's inherent in these familial or friendship relationships. And we forget that we're working with humans you know, mm. And so uh, that's very interesting to me because I think if we, if we all trusted each other just a little bit more out of the gate and were open to what the possibilities were, uh, if we could let those walls crumble a little bit and be a little vulnerable and be more transparent and be more honest, I think that the entire economy would be different. Right. So, and this is what Brene Brown talks about. You talk about it a lot. Um, there are so many people talking about authenticity and gratitude and vulnerability and, and showing up. And I love the fact that this is where we're at in in this moment today, um, because it's a conversation that we have been putting off for far too long.
1: Yeah. Listen. The other interesting thing about this is, like it or um, like it or hate it, our capitalist society is not set up for creating trusting relationships. And it is actually an intended behaviour change that we need to make That is feels counterintuitive um, because it goes against the grain of what is inherently a, um, for want of a better word here, selfish act of going... I really need some money (laughs) right Right? and saying I need to figure out a way but if you can then go okay if I flip that on its head and say true if we are doing an exchange and I'm really simplifying here right but if we're doing an exchange here and we're having a true relationship what this should mean is collaboratively there is a win-win for both of us right and so Stepping into that realm of going we're not selling here. We're not going in to actually Sell them something but we're actually feeling how do we create a relationship together? So we create a long-term profitable partnership then suddenly we go okay how quickly can I get to the no? How quickly can I get to the, we're not a good fit. Let me interview you to see whether you're a good client for me right. rather than doing my dog and pony show every time to actually show, show what my wares are to see whether you are interested.
0: Right. Right. And, and, and obviously,
1: abundance-
0: yeah. And, and so, yes, it's a little bit of a abundance mindset and that's a little bit of going in with asking the questions, um, you know, as opposed to introducing ourselves and, and going right into our capabilities deck, which I call the Chinese menu of services, uh, you know, allowing that prospect to sort of self-prescribe and choose from that menu. There's no value in that, you know, there, we're not mm-hmm. showing what our, what our intellect is and what the value is that we're bringing to the table. So it's all mm-hmm. about, you know, questioning. It's all, I always say it's 110% about them at the beginning of the relationship then they'll want to get to know you. They'll develop that trust. You'll develop the trust with them. Um, and, and that's really how these relationships and these long-term um, you know, business relationships are formed. So yeah, I mean, everything that you say you know, makes a lot of sense.
1: And, and I think that um, we are in a revolution at the moment mm-hmm. with the Brené Browns, as you said before, and these kind of people that... Um, what were considered quite uh, feminine-based traits, like Mm -hmm. empathy and authenticity and vulnerability, we're starting to say, you know what? These aren't, let gone are the days of these being feminine traits. These are necessity for us to have authentic relationships.
0: So what you're saying is women were right all along. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well. (laughs) it's okay It's okay. you're in a safe place you're talking to me you can say it Uh, if you (laughs) won't say it I'll say it so uh so one of the other interesting things and people that you uh talk about a lot is Susan Fisk from Princeton and Mm. Susan Fisk has this uh this great um phrase or or quote uh, trust is not born from competence. Trust is born from warmth of intention, and I love that term, warmth of intention. So I want, I would love for you to talk a little bit more uh, about that because you know her work so well.
1: So it gives me chills talking about this kind of stuff because I really like get off on it. I really, it's so much fun. Um, especially again, just circling back to what we were talking about just a minute ago, which is around our. Um, naturally we step into our dog and pony show, right? Naturally we default to, oh, let me show you, let me show you how to fix that and let me show you what we've got. Let me show you when in actual fact that the, what I really want as a buyer is I really want to know that you care. I really want to know that you actually understand me and I, that you actually care. So talking about warmth of intention, the, the, the cool part about this is a couple of things. First of all, you need to own your competence. The first thing is you need to own it. The reason why you're in business and that you've lasted as long as you have is because you've, of your competence. The bit that you, you, can, you do what you say you could do. Um, now, stop talking about that and start building strategy around your warmth of intention. Now, what is your warmth of intention? It's everything that we've just been talking about. It's that gut feeling. It's that, um, that place around which we build um, that level of care, that level of empathy, that level of authenticity. And people often sort of say to me, you know, but how do you build strategy around that? Because what we think happens here is that we go in with our competence and we go, we've got something that will fix that problem. People go, great, thanks so much. And then over time, because we've done lots of business with them, we build warmth of intention. When in actual fact, the way to hack trust, for want of a better word, I mean, uh, hack meaning you also always need time, you always need um, that level of uh, the, the recipe that comes with warmth of intention plus competence but is to start with warmth of intention is to start with going i'm here to help first and great if my product or service can actually serve a purpose in your business wow that's a win win but let's talk about and let's talk about how i can care about you guys first and be empathetic the often the the, the analogy i like to give on this is Um, I don't know whether it's the same in the States, but we've got um, this this sort of, uh, I guess it's from movies and that kind of thing, but the typical used car salesman, you know. Oh yeah, um, we have lots of those here. (laughs) Stereotype, right? Um, And if you're walking across a used car sales lot, the first thing you're thinking of when you're walking across that used car sales lot is, I'm not buying off this guy if he's a so-and-so, right? Right. (laughs) but I can tell you that this, in most cases, if they're not sorry, let's not do a rash generalisation, Jay. Let's say that <laughs> the poor used car salesman is walking across the the car yard, going, oh, you know, maybe a station wagon. Oh, I don't know. He's got kids. Yeah, you know, he's sizing you up competence wise. Now, for him to be successful. All he has to do is not be a, you know what, right? And he meets you where you are and suddenly you build a relationship in which you can generate long-term profitable partnerships. He will refer you every day of the week if he feels like you care. So the second piece that I just want to touch on there is to say that you can lose opportunity for warmth of intention. So if you start with competence, often you become a transactional relationship. Commodity. Yeah. um, Commodity sell and you lose the opportunity to, to build true warmth of intention later. And again, this isn't, this isn't new. This is all stuff we do every day of the week in friendships, family, and that kind of thing. But in, we almost need to learn it as a forced behavior. And I'm, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It Actually, we have to because this, the, the game's not set up in a way to have that come as a default behavior.
0: Yeah, forced just in terms of being against the grain or against the norm or in, against the conditions that we've been accustomed to. Um, Absolutely. I just want to touch on everything that you're saying in terms of warmth of intention. To me, it it sounds like what we went back to uh, earlier about asking those questions and making it all about them. Um, What I like to do is aside from just asking questions, I'm listening uh, not just with my ears. I'm listening with my heart. I'm listening to the things that people are saying But probably Mm -hmm. even more so, I'm listening to the things they're not saying. And then that Mm. gives me, just from a a practical or tactical standpoint, that gives me a reason to ask another set of questions or to follow up or to dig a little bit deeper. And the deeper Mm. that you dig, the more emotional people will get, the more trust that they will have, the more that they will open up. And the opportunities that you're talking about from a business standpoint are in the, the underpinning, they're in the underlying reasons why. Um, they're vetting you as a solutions provider,
1: right?
0: Mm. Um, I like to use words like, you know, after we have that conversation, I like to use words like, um, it's my intention to serve you, or how can I best support you? This is mm. not about sales, right? This is about Nobody wants to be sold anything that they don't need. So I need to understand what the need is, what the wants are, what the impacts of those things are going to be to you on a personal level and in your business. And then I can say, I would love to be able to support you. This feels like a good fit for me. I hope it feels like a good fit for you. And if that's the case, then you know I would be happy to put a proposal together. That's kind of verbally how this situation goes with warmth and intention. Would you agree with that? I, I
1: totally agree and, and, and I think the, uh, a good hack around this is the idea of, and I often say to um, clients that we work with is, um, go out and get me five no's. You know, go out and go because the mindset and the exploration that comes with figuring out whether they shouldn't do business with you is the kind of exploration that you should be doing as to whether they should. In other words, it should be asking all the reasons like why we are a good fit is uh, some of the same kind of reasons as why you wouldn't be a good fit. And if you're not, then great. Let's get a few no's um because we're so conditioned to get the the yeses right. absolutely
0: right and the yeah. noes are not bad
1: <laughs> no, no no
0: is still an answer The no to me is is just another reason to dive a little bit deeper and see you know again like you said why is it no you know yeah it, it, it may be that we haven't hit on the pain point yet or the challenge or the you know so that's interesting or, or
1: we you know we may not be a good fit. And if we're not, I've got someone really good that I can introduce you to that I think that would be a fantastic fit for that.
0: Yeah, and how, how valuable is that? To be able to have that, that dialogue and that exploration with someone to find out that you're not a good fit to them or for them, they're not a good fit for you. And then to leave them with this amazing taste in their mouth of like, wow, that was a really helpful and beneficial exercise that we just went through. And yeah. on top of that, they're still providing me a solution. It's just not their solution. That's just yeah. giving. That is like the ultimate giving. Uh, yeah. So that's absolutely how I think most people should operate. And and here's the reality for that. I mean, when I work with agencies, and I'm sure you do the same, um, those situations don't necessarily mean that you're you're not gonna be getting something uh, monetarily out of that. If you have strategic partnerships referring those, those non-ideal prospects for you to other people that would be ideal for them, um, that could be some kind of commission-based uh, structure or partnership where you're referring. And, and again, that's like pure profit into your company. So those are, I love the no's because that's like, great, I'm not a good fit. I've got somebody else who probably would be. And then with my strategic partnership network, um, mm. you know, I'm still getting uh, money. I'm still getting income and it's pretty passive. So mm. I, I think that's an important point because a lot of times we think about, oh, well, it's not a good fit for me. Forget it. I'm not going to refer them to someone else because there's nothing in it for me. Sometimes mm. you refer people, even if there's nothing in it from you, because that's just that's just giving, and that's how you should act in this world and show up in the world, right? But sometimes there is going to be a monetary benefit. Uh, so I just wanted to to call that not, out. N- yeah, and not only that,
1: but if you're able to define why you're not a good fit, and they go, yeah, totally get you, the next time they're at a barbecue you still become a referral source. You still become a, um, a third tier. You still become a, and it becomes an act of reciprocity as well Is that. You've just also just given them the perfect fit for what they need. Right. And they feel in debt to you.
0: Right. So, uh, as we're starting to wrap up here, um, I want to ask you this question. If we led with trust more often in our lives, what would happen, in your opinion, from an economic perspective?
1: I'm able to answer this, um, like not theoretically, because I, however I can you say, want to answer it, I can say that there are a lot of studies there uh, now out around. Even if we lead with trust, even with um, somewhat. Forced trust, for want of a better word, mm-hmm. um, conscious trust, ex- maybe conscious conscious trust. But I, I, I guess what I mean is trusting first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than necessarily getting to a place of trust. So trusting, you know, what people would call trust, bl- trusting blindly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All of the studies show that our economy, uh, all the all economic. Um uh markers go up now, the interesting thing about that is that there's two pieces to trust it's the trustworthiness and your um and actually being trusted. so you still need to show up with the element of um, uh, you know do I have the ability to do what I say I can do. Mm -hmm. Do I have the commitment to do that? Do, but also the elements of character and connection, which, are you know, will I do the right thing and will I do the right thing by this person? Um, you know, they're the other pieces that actually are are tied up in this. Um, so the, the short answer is, is that, um, through trusted relationships, I mean, if we look just at an agency level, th- th- through trusted relationships, we elongate these relationships. They become more profitable. Um, they become more profitable not only through new business coming through that existing client but referral base. Everything starts to explore. It's the, the pillar in all of this that okay. we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, but I just need to touch on one last point here, Kelly, and that, yeah. that is, is runway that this isn't about going into one conversation and asking the right questions. Um, I really want to encourage the agency um, community to build more time into what we all call discovery um, to not only allow a number of quality interactions over a period of time, but to understand that the time even if you charge for it, but the time spent in that early planning stage will, I can guarantee you pays off at the other end mm-hmm. financially for you yeah. with the right type of client. Once yeah. you've gone through qualification st- yeah. stages and that kind of stuff, it needs runway. Every relationship yeah. needs, needs runway.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad that you, you sort of uh, ended and encapsulated that because I think that's a really, really important point and uh, I'm glad we didn't leave it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jay, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure every time I talk with you, and I'm looking forward to more conversations.
1: Amazing. Thanks, Kelly.
0: This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.